Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Vazil. This is a show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, you know exactly what to do. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Like or five-star review and say some really nice things about us on Apple and a five-star review over there on Spotify today. We got reoccurring guest Evan Sheriffs. He is the managing director at People Strategies, former University of Miami quarterback. And I have Evan on here to talk a little bit about, uh, there's some crypto stuff going on. So I thought, you know what? Let's give the people what they want. Let's learn about how this FTX shit, it might affect the sports world a little bit. Evan, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. It's been uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks in the kind of blockchain crypto market, but it's uh, a lot to digest, and, and hopefully we can go through some of that. I appreciate you reach, reaching out about it. Pleasure is all mine, dude. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, as I told you before we recorded, I was literally sitting in bed, and I was reading an article. I was like, I wonder how this is going to affect sports, because we've been seeing you know Tom Brady and Shaq and Steph Curry and the Miami Heat, and I was just like, well, like, what about less than this company, just on a, like a more holistic scale, what this might do, positives and negatives that could come from something like this? And I was like, you know what? Why don't I ask Evan? Because he's the dude that's in this shit every single day. So we'll just start asking you some questions. Of course, I know we did this only a couple months ago, Evan, but I, I need you to remind the people, why do you love sports so much? I love sports because they, they, uh, they turn me into who I am today, I would say, largely, you know, aside from family, friends. and But it, it's been a massive influence from growing up, playing football, playing through college, doing my master's, you know, getting to earn degrees through doing it, you know, getting to meet some of my best friends. It's, uh, yeah, it's it. they mean everything, honestly. <laughs> yeah, don't they? I, I love it, man. If it wasn't for sports, I don't know what the hell I'd do. Uh, so appreciate, appreciate you coming on here again, man. So I want to set the stage a little bit. So we're going to, uh, again... You're probably listening to this because you kind of saw and know what happened. FTX, one of the biggest exchanges, I think the number two exchange, please, Evan, correct me on any of my statistics or facts if I'm wrong. One of the biggest exchanges on planet Earth for cryptocurrency went down in in just blazing glory <laughs> only about a week and a half ago. A lot of shit going on. You can read the article. We don't need to go into all of it. But they essentially you snap your fingers. They went from a $32 billion valuation to bankrupt. And it is it, honestly like I'm all for chaos. So shit like that, like really catches my attention. I know it's really bad for a lot of people and I sincerely do appreciate and, and hope everyone's OK. Um, but man, it's a train wreck, right? You can't look away from it. So this company, absolutely gigantic. They have naming right deal on the Miami Heat Stadium down in Miami-Dade County, right? Everyone knows who the Heat are. They have patches on the MLB umpire shirts. Weird one. Never really understood that, but they're on every single umpire. You see FTX, or you used to see FTX on every single one. Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, the Golden State Warriors, all major players in this company. Naomi Osaka, to name another one. Um, TSM, a huge esports organization. They had the biggest deal with an esports organization. Mercedes-Benz F1 team huge deal with mercedes-benz so clearly this company was very ingrained in sports it's a it's a fan they are fan bases they are passionate people and they buy and do things when they see someone is sponsoring their team or someone is sponsoring their player they like that we are sports fans if i see something and someone hey you're a giants fan too okay immediately you check a box off in your brain there's a couple more but you got one of them and it was pretty easy then all of a sudden everything goes to shit so I wanted to have Evan on really just to discuss and understand, A, kind of what happened and how this is going to affect sports moving forward. Again, the positives and the negatives from it. So I guess let's let's take it back. Let's go back in time, Evan, to the start of cryptocurrency, centralization and decentralization. Let me wave my wand a little bit. Evan, 
Explain it to me like I'm five. What's the blockchain? I'll start off with explaining if, if I were to send you, you know, 10 checks, right? I write a check. It The money goes from my bank account to a clearinghouse into your bank account. And we have no visibility on that clearinghouse, right? It's behind closed doors. It's, it's, it's not a, there's no public records of what's going on, right? Um, well, the reason for then decentralization to come about, think of this concept is instead of me sending you 10 checks, right? And they're all going through that same clearinghouse, they're likely gonna go through all through different nodes that are run on, on a trusted network. So instead of having one verifier where you don't know if they're even, a, you're, you're relying on humans, right? To, to mm-hmm. verify if it's true or not. Or you can go through different essential clearinghouses called nodes that are on the blockchain. Um, it, it, it's just a way for you now, instead of me having money in a bank account where they have custody and it can take three to five days. It's, it's just, honestly, it's quicker, but also it's cutting out that middleman. The reason for decentralization and blockchain is to cut out that counterparty risk, to cut out that, hey, what if a bank who only has to keep a certain amount of reserves, right, of if you put $100 in, they only have to keep 10 of those dollars and can loan 90% of the money out, right? And then that next bank could then loan 90% out and on and on and on. So then you have, okay, you could from one customer's deposit in one bank have a line of other banks that may become smaller, but it's, you know, okay, this has 10% of funds and they loan out 90%. Then they loan out 90, then 90, right? So it's just, 90%, then, you know, 81%, it it just keeps continuing. So it's a big house of cards. And that essentially feeds very well into this FTX situation. This was not a situation um, or an issue with the blockchain, right? It was an issue of a centralized company, a centralized exchange, they're called, um, that functions essentially as a bank, right? And right now in crypto, there is not a lot of regulation around that. There isn't, you know, a percent of reserves you have to keep in the exchange and in those, you know, liquidity pools, they call them. Um, And when that liquidity is sucked dry, which is basically what happened in this situation, when there's a bank run, when people go to take their money out of the exchange, the money just wasn't there. Well, well, you know, that, that, that goes perfectly back to the centralized First decentralized debate. And I just hope that everyone, you know, we can get deeper into it. But the main point I want to get across in talking with you is that this is not an issue of blockchain. This is an issue of like last time we talked, there's blockchain and then there's companies built on top of that blockchain, right? And the blockchain itself serves, you know, it's an ecosystem and somewhat of an economy. Well, what happened here is one of those companies built on the blockchain it is failing, right? And did fail and actually invested in a few other companies that are most likely going to fail as well. But the biggest takeaway here is the base layer blockchain, the technology, the software created to enable a lot of this to happen, or a lot of these decentralized protocols and 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 people acting, I guess, in the right way. There, there's, I hope this isn't, I guess, painted as 
you know, this is an issue with crypto. This is an issue with crypto regulation. I'll say that when you have centralized entities, but um, it was an issue of a, a, a company essentially acting as a bank um, and loaning out customer funds, not even loaning out, just moving them uh, to another private research company to then play around and have investments and, 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 and play around with, with customers' money. And I think that's that's really all that's come out and like officially been mm-hmm. said. But I mean, I would love to get into some of the rumors of where the money's been going and this and that. Uh, if you want to, uh, we'll, I, you know, we'll it's, it's all Twitter it. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we love all of it, right? Like I hate Twitter. I'm sure I told you that last time, but I'm not going to lie. I've spent a lot more time on Twitter these last few days, just trying to see what the hell's going on. Cause there's some weird stuff happening. Some weird stuff kind of confirmed some weird stuff, not confirmed, but we definitely want to talk about it. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. So this is, you know, Hey, this is me. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy on planet earth. That's why I talk to people like you so I can get a little bit smarter. And hopefully the other people listening are getting a little bit smarter because we get to talk to people like you, Evan. So again, Again, I really appreciate you coming on. If the blockchain is decentralized, why do we need a centralized entity like FTX or Coinbase or or Crypto.com to trade decentralized tokens? Like, why why do we even need them? Aren't aren't they just being the middleman in this case? Yeah, they are being the middleman. And largely, you know, right now, that's the easiest way to onboard people or use these crypto tools. Right. You have, you know, that's that's one thing I largely wanted to get into is you have, you know, I've seen both sides of it. I I, I started out working at, you know, um, on the Web2 side of things, so to speak, and then got into Web3, you know, fully and really see see their emerge. It's going to be a merge of Web2.5 for the next, you know, really 10 years um, and so on or or maybe forever. But it's there's a there's a certain. when growth gets to a certain point, I think this this gets back to kind of the the um, Dunbar principle of when a tribe, um, the point at which a tribe splits into two. So it's you know believed to be between 150 or 5,000. A lot of people say 500, but it's the point at which kind of a lot of people in uh, that community don't know each other as well. If you have 100 people, everyone in your community is looking after each other and knows each other very well. Well, as that starts to grow, you know, it doesn't mean as much mm-hmm. to to everybody involved. Um, so there are things called DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, right? And these are um, basically flat, uh, companies that you can join by just contributing work. This is this is on the blockchain, and usually governance is is on the blockchain. Meaning, you can basically hop into these community servers and say, "Hey, I like the mission and cause you guys are following. I would love to build toward that." And they have a list of tasks to do, and you go do the task, and you get paid based on performance, right? Um, so where I think that that is very valuable is in a lot of these newer stage, you know, companies with innovative tech. But the reason you need these centralized companies is because to a certain point, hierarchical structure is needed. You know, at a, at a certain point, if you have if you have, you know, 50,000 people and they all have equal say, 
how are you going to quickly move, right? It would be great to have a, a, a true democratic system like that. But even the United States has, you know, state senators, state congressmen, um, they, you know, look, look at the hierarchical structure mm-hmm. of that. It's not a true democracy. It's, it's a democratic republic where we're electing those officials who then make the decisions for us, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's, it's, I truly don't believe that a, I, I don't know if I want to say that definite of a statement, but, and a truly kind of flat organization so many self-interest and so many different missions after you complete those, you know, for that mm-hmm. first mission or say you finish that roadmap, it's hard to then align. So, you know, it, it's the largest issue with a lot of these decentralization, decentralized organizations and, and truly having uh, a non-centralized entity running these type of products is is the decision making. It, mm-hmm. it truly is. It, it, it's you know, everyone, say you have 50 people and they're all core contributors, everyone too, if they all contribute the same amount, they're all going to be like, well, no one was that leader guy who's going to step out in, in kind of, it, it's hard to determine that new mm-hmm. vision. So yeah. the way the way I see DAOs where they could be very beneficial is in organizations as kind of a research and development department. And I think a lot of new innovative tech companies even operate like that, where a lot of people can give in ideas but it's uh i think it's an largely an issue of scalability uh especially right now when every platform we use you know even from the hardware all the way to software you know at the apple phone all the mm-hmm. way to the apps that go on it are run through a funnel um where it, it it's it's hard for these de- decentralized entities to get their applications for the common man to use right, right. you have apple that that takes 30% of any sales in there. Well, if you have, you know, an NFT app, you got to give them a massive cut. And they finally came out with some news that you can sell NFTs through, you know, apps in the Apple store, but they're going to take their, their fat chunk. So it's kind of a necessary evil that, you know, I, I myself have not used these centralized exchanges in over a year other than, you know, to move, to, to, to pay bills, right? To get money to the bank account to pay bills. I myself have, have kept the money in decentralized, you know, decentralized wallets that mean I have the custody. At no point can they freeze my account, like with mm-hmm. FTX, like with, you know, BlockFi happening now, like that happened with Celsius back in June. Um, at no point they can, can they freeze those funds. So I think it's, it's, it's largely an issue versus, uh, of convenience versus control. That's mm-hmm. the best way to put it. It's convenience yep. versus control. Do I want a platform that is easy to use that I'm putting the accountability really in someone else's hands, like an FTX, which, you know, going back to not your keys, not your coin, right? You're giving them the keys when you're using that platform. As soon as, you know, the money you've made on there or lost on there, you want to take off, you can send it to a decentralized wallet that is, it, it's not that central entity. It's not run by a central entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, the application is, but in terms of shutting down the accounts, it can't, you know, can't yeah. be done. No, no, no. I get it. And I think that's really interesting. Again, this is just such a, a crazy world that I'm not really a part of and appreciate you kind of coming on to explain this stuff. And it's just with with what that happened, again, it sounds like almost all of this is a people problem, like or yes. a person problem, right? Well, it's probably people. Again, go read some of the wild stories that are out there. If there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know if all of it's true, but... 
some of it's got to be true. So it's just kind of one of those things we're understanding like the the mission and the interest, right? Like you need to get people interested in. So it's really easy to explain to them what a, and what an exchange is and how you can go on and you can buy and you sell. Oh, that's super exactly. simple. Like I can do it. My mom can do it, right? That's super easy. And once you start to get into these dowels and these other concepts that are very interesting, it starts to go over people's heads, understandably, because yep. they just, it's not a common and understood uh, a phrase or, or terminology being used. So I think because this comes down to a people problem, that is really where the, the centralization versus decentralization at least in this example, really hits ahead, right? Like we could talk about Lehman Brothers. We could talk about Goldman Sachs. Like you can make examples in, you know, quote unquote, you know, regular society, normal, you know, other places, other companies that we've all heard of, Enron, right? Like all of this shit is like kind of common. Like we've seen it and we've heard it. This is just like the first time I feel like we've seen it at this absolute level where, yeah, as you said, they were kind of just lending the money that was in the accounts out as a bank would, which seems like probably not the best thing to do, which then, as we kind of discussed, once every, everyone started to sell and take their money out, there was no money to take out because all this money was being lended. So then all these people are like, where the hell's my money? And this actually recently happened again. This happened with crypto.com. They had a, I read it. It was a little sketchy. It was accidental uh, misplacement of funds. Nope, that's not how it works. You don't accidentally do shit with $400 million. Sorry, guy. Um, you know, so that happened. So like, I think, you know, especially in the public atmosphere, right? It'll probably take a month and everyone forget because that's kind of what we do, right? 24-hour news. But how do you think this has affected, as you said, this is not a blockchain issue. This is a people issue. But unfortunately, it was one of the most like common, I guess you could say, most well-known people in crypto that had this yep. problem, right? I knew who this guy was. And I didn't really know he was the leader of FTX. I just knew he was a big crypto guy, right? Like, I'm sure I'm not the only person that saw that. How, how much do you think this kind of hurts your cause and everyone's the good causes that are going on in this space because one guy and you know a couple other people got super super greedy yeah i mean it, it's it's horrible it's pretty diabolical it's repugnant it's Ooh, you know keep going. Pick tell out, me how you really pull, feel pull out yeah pull out some <laughs> all those synonyms that should, it's disgusting it is um it's terrible because those guys sucked up and a lot of these, you know, a lot of bad players, and I, I won't say they're all bad, but a lot of people that receive funds or you see someone acting like this who's received a lot of investment. And I'm on the side where I'm working with a lot of startups that are raising pre-seed or seed or series A rounds, right? And they're struggling to get funding. They're, they have amazing products or ideas or I've, you know, met founders at these conferences that just because they don't know somebody that they, they can't get it, you know, get that check written. And it, it's it's very sad to see people blindly trusting, you know, th- this, this, and then people out there for, you know, six to nine months trying to raise money and actually having a viable product, which I say this, this is a viable product. FTX was great in, in, in concept until you look at the reality of them just over leveraging, lying, moving funds. And it, it's just, it's sad. It's a people issue, like you said, but it's going to shed a, a negative light. Um, but it, it, the, the good of it has been that, um, you know, I think it was Mark Cuban who came out and was like, hey, th- this is a, you know, centralized issue. This isn't a blockchain issue. Even JP Morgan came out and said, this is a centralized issue, not a blockchain issue. But it's it's going to create so much fear because, you know, we can get into a little bit of, of, of 
what happened, but it, there was kind of a rift with uh, one of the other figureheads in crypto. I don't know how much you were following that, or I would say rift, but they have a longer relationship, and uh, that's kind of what led a lot to this. So it's it's really even within the industry, everyone is like, who who can we trust? Mm-hmm. It, yep. it it is terrifying. It's building on these centralized you know entities and you have a lot of these bitcoin maxis saying yep bitcoin's the only way look you know and and i'm like yeah it's it's there's value in all this it's just you had a bad player you had a bad actor you had a terrible actor uh, yeah right well he was a great actor until he wasn't right like exactly and you make a really good point right again go go read up on some of this stuff we don't need to get super deep into this because i have a lot more questions i want to get some into the the positives Mm -hmm. right there are going to be positives as you said i want to get into some of that stuff some of the nil stuff uh just some of the general sports stuff i want to make sure we're talking about but as you said there's two of the biggest players in crypto one of them uh kind of stabbed the other guy in the back so he said all right well screw you i'm gonna literally end your company so it's it's kind of one of those things yeah now it's starting to get like i can only imagine what it's like on the you know quote unquote inside where you are where it's kind of like well yeah who who can we trust like there's all these centralized companies all we do is talk about how decentralization is king like it's starting to almost be like i don't want to say hypocritical i don't want to quite go that far yeah but i don't really know a good word that's like maybe two steps back from hypocritical can you kind of I don't know, shed any light on that because it's it, like everything you've been saying sounds great until you keep saying it's a centralization problem. But the whole point of blockchain is to be decentralized. So how do we right. get away from this de- like the centralized problem within the decentralized land? Exactly. It, it sounds like it's going to be just a self-fulfilling prophecy over and over again. It's um, it, it's an educational issue. It's people not knowing that, you know, people have it, it, it goes back to our whole lives. We put money in accounts and any money we put into account an account, you know, we get back, right? If when we call upon it, when we want to withdraw it, well, you saw in 08, it's basically for our industry, what's happening is what happened in 08, right? It's over leveraging. And then, you know, the government has to come in and bail people out. Well, the the difference here is, you know, the FDIC guarantees, there is no, Mm -hmm. you know, FDIC guarantee to then get your money back, really. So a lot of these people have lost those funds, but it's a lesson and that not your keys, not your goal. Mm-hmm. I love and that I'll term. keep pushing it, it, man, I because because it. it's when you, the whole reason for, for decentralization and blockchain is to have self-custody is to, you know, bring that ownership back to the individual user. And that's what's, that's the educational learning point I hope people get from this is, is more people hopefully learning how to use these decentralized wallets. And the good news from it is a lot of the companies that I've come across, other than really a little bit of funding issues, this doesn't affect their tech. They're building on the base layer of blockchain. And a lot of them, you know, have products like uh, uh, what what's really going to be needed isn't to see crypto as an investment anymore. It's going to be seeing crypto and blockchain as a software, as something to make um, companies more efficient, right? And one example I wanted to bring up was was ticketing. You look at ticketing and they're storing all this data on these private servers um, like a, so a, t- a ticket master, for example, yeah, even shout today, out shout out, shout out T Swift. Um, but anyways, um, shutting down Ticketmaster. Well, it, they had su- such high demand, their servers couldn't, couldn't handle it. Right. And I even saw a lot of people with 
ticketing, you know, submissions or, or trying to get tickets where it charged them uh, 10 times for the tickets and then they didn't get tickets or, you know, didn't charge them and they did, or it, it was an, it was an issue there. Well, with blockchain, there's no ticketing scalping issue. There's no Ticketmaster, StubHub, Eventbrite taking 15 to 20%, or I don't know what the numbers look like now, but last time I was looking, they were around that. Um, and, and why, why would you not switch to someone who's not just, even Joe Biden last week or the week before had a tweet that went out that said, you know, we need to, um, get on top of this issue with ticketers, you know, and all the fees they're doing for concerts and events. Well, all these companies became, you know, essentially became data companies, but they're also these middle, these middlemen brokers. And now those fees are getting higher and higher. Well, the, the blockchain, it can cut those costs, cut those costs immensely, right? They're just another, another middleman that's having issues, right? Um, so it's, I think largely to, to bring it back to the question, you know, education from this situation, a lot of people will latch onto. It'll scare a lot of people away. The people that want to learn, you know, the true issue at hand will see, oh, this wasn't necessarily a blockchain issue. And then two, on top of that, I, I, I think it's it's people are going to start using crypto products without without realizing it. I think NFTs, I mean, and people have already started doing it, they'll start being called membership cards or access cards or, you know, collectible, which all these terms are already used. But on a mass scale, um, you'll finally have some of these Web3 products that are catching up and going more mainstream. And um, it's just a lot of them have really, really ugly user experiences and front end. The back end capabilities are beautiful. It's, you know, wondrous. But it, it, it's a lot of it is it's how do you get the, the 45 year old man who lives in an SEC town to go to a Georgia game and, 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 and want an NFT, right? Or go mm-hmm. to a Tennessee game and want an NFT or go to a LSU game or go to a Florida game or ACC, go to a Miami game, right? Um well, not now. I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to a Miami game now. But no, I, I think that's a really oh, good point. God. Sorry, dude. I, it was coming. No I mean, Miami was underdogs to Georgia Tech this past week. I know they blew them out, but just the fact that they were underdogs is just oof. But not here to bash you at all. It's all about the you, man. It's all about the you when I'm here with you. But uh, no, in sincerity, I think that's a really, really good point, right? Like, how do we get those people to understand and want this? And that goes back to conversation you and I have had about those smart contracts, right? Well, hey, you're going to want that Georgia NFT if that means you can go meet Stetson Bennett and his family after the game, right? Like, once you add enough that someone's going to be like, I will, like, my parents never wanted to learn email because email sucks. All that comes with email is work. If you said, hey, if you learn how to use email, you know, there's there's a good chance you're actually going to get $1,000 or just something ridiculous like that, right? There's a good chance Taylor Swift might reach out and send you those tickets herself. That's a reason to learn email, and that's a reason someone would do it. So I think it's really just getting it to the point where people are going to want to use it because it's not that complicated. It's just getting over that hump, right, of wanting to learn something. My grandma couldn't use an iPad until we taught her how to use Facebook. Now she can, now she's exactly. a wizard on that thing, right? So it's all it's 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 always about wanting to learn and if you want to learn if you're you're given enough reason to want to learn something you'll learn it and i think also another thing you know this being a little facetious but i think this might work get swifties to get ticketmaster to die and then we can put all the tickets on the blockchain if you can activate that entire group of people they're rabid and we appreciate them for it 
they could potentially change something because Ticketmaster is one of the worst run companies. It's total bullshit. The reason why they won't go to the blockchain is because they can charge all those fees. Exactly. Because they, they, they I mean, wrote it, the laws, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, the, that's the thing. A lot of these are, are just monopolistic or oligopolistic industries where you have uh, one, two, three, maybe four or five big players or, you know, Ticketmaster has all these you they know, large stadiums too. and then yeah. Eventbrite gets all these, you know, little little events, right? But it's, they're it's, all owned by the same company anyway. Oh, you're doing good. I'm just going to buy you. So now you're, you know, everything's under, you know, it's all under my rule. And it's just, it's frustrating and ridiculous, but that is what it is. Ticketmaster is a whole nother. I appreciate you bringing it up because I do think that's a great reason and a great way to activate blockchain, right? Like, I think that would be awesome. You can resell those tickets. You can see who it's going to from when how right you can see all that stuff it's on the public ledger as you described which i think is awesome and it could be very very useful um why doesn't taylor why doesn't taylor swift sell nfts so you can go to every single one of her concerts so that way you never have to use Ticketmaster again hey, these are ideas here's, these are ideas here's the we thing come up with. here's what's going to happen is you had you know we talked about tom brady Giselle, osaka all these people that maybe not, or maybe they did understand centralization versus decentralization. They believed in FTX as a company, but hopefully this brings about some more awareness of, you know, who you should and shouldn't get involved with in business deals because, you know, FTX isn't the only situation in which, you know, athletes have been burned or athletes have burned people using crypto, right? So it, it, it's largely, I've seen some athletes get involved and they don't know the tech and they're launching something like like a De'Aaron Fox who launches an NFT project. And, you know, it came with certain promises and he essentially rugged, which is the term, you know, not running away with the money, but not over promising and undeliver, under delivering or not delivering at all. Right. Um, and that's essentially what happened there. And he just like shot out a quick little apology. You got Kim Kardashian, who um, was was pushing one of these coins. You got. Uh, Des Bryant, who was, you know, charging at the time 15, 15 ETH when Ethereum was at, you know, three grand. So $45,000 for certain experiences with him. So, you know, it, it take that how you want it. Some people were willing to pay it, but it, it, it's there haven't been a lot of projects in this space um, that have been consumer friendly from an athlete perspective or honestly athlete friendly because if there's a company that's paying you a bunch of money to get involved they probably don't have the credibility for you as a major athlete to align with them um or two you know on the lower end i've seen a lot of people take advantage of athletes um and you know especially on that nil side where kids don't know what they're signing into or you know these projects are reaping a lot more benefits than the kids, right? And it's an NIL deal, but the kids are seeing pennies of the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that, uh, that's something I definitely want to talk about a little bit too. The 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 NFT aspect of all this, right? So we're talking about this company and FTX. We're talking about real dollars and people losing everything that they had. Essentially, uh, we're talking about billions of dollars being accidentally thrown through a back door somehow. That doesn't sound very blockchain to me because everything should be on a ledger, right? Well, it wasn't because it was actually just real dollars at that point, if I'm not mistaken. So that's why we have no idea what happened and where it went. Now, where it went, you guys want to get a little weird here for a second. Just saying, I'm not saying, but I'm just just saying Tom Brady was in the Bahamas about six weeks ago for 10 days. I don't know. I don't, where's FTX located, Evan? Just out of curiosity. 
Hey, all those all those guys are down there. Hey, I mean, where is I it located, heard, Evan? I had just asked I've where, heard. where is it located? That's all I'm asking you. Man. I've heard. I've heard it's in the Bahamas. I've heard a lot. I've a lot of rumors. Too. That's the first time I've I've hey, even tried to connect those dots. There. Those are some. Dots, no comment man. on that. No, no comment. comment. No, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying anything. It's just. It's really interesting. Tom Brady and his wife are getting divorced. A lot of this shit's going on. They apparently lost you know hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know, man. This like why. Why would I connect dots when they, you know, clearly don't want to be connected? So we're going to walk away from that one, and we'll just leave that where it is. Let's go to some of the positive stuff. Actually, no, i got to touch on some of the negative first a little bit, unfortunately. But we will get to the positive, I promise. You all know I'm a very positive person, so I want to, I want to touch on that. But, again, FTX, very, very heavily leveraged, if I may, within the sports space, right? They had all these. Uh, Crypto.com, if I'm not mistaken, they have a deal with the Lakers, the Sixers, a couple other companies, you know, other couple other uh, brands as well in the sports space. Now some of them are starting to like, uh, maybe maybe we don't want to. I mean, Lakers are kind of tied in, right? That's Crypto.com, uh, Staples Center. It's still the Staples Center, but like it's now the Crypto.com Center, if I'm not mistaken, right? So they spent a boatload of money to get in front of a bunch of people, and they're starting to have some sketchy stuff come out. Uh, Voyager Digital uh, signed an incredible deal with the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. Unfortunately, they went bankrupt, and they had to essentially pull their deal because they had no money. And now some of these athletes aren't going to get paid what they essentially were supposed to get paid because they don't have the millions of dollars coming in from the sponsorship that that the league secured. There's just a lot of this stuff going on, and it's starting to pile up, if I may. Um, And I know we kind of talked about in the public space, what are people thinking? What are they feeling? How are they going to work with it? But I feel like in the sports space, it's going to be a little different, right? Because the checks were cashing, (laughs) right? Like, it's not like they FTX signed this deal with Miami-Dade County and the Miami Heat, and they're like, wait, your first check didn't cash, but it's cool. We'll just leave you guys on the – like, the checks were cashing. So I feel like it's almost – it's it's still scary in that sense where we're seeing a lot of bad things happen, but companies that are only worried about money, franchise owners that are only worried about money, are still going to continue to have this in. How do you feel about that aspect of, of crypto companies and these – again, I, I know where you stand, and that's why I want your opinion on it. It, it's it seems a little dirty to me like I, you know what i mean like if if we know all this shit's starting to happen we know these companies are still going to keep paying even though we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors because we talked about the regulation like how do you see crypto and sports outside of nft outside of nca when we get there in a second just like these sponsorship aspects do you see companies just kind of pausing for a second and then hopping right back on the horse do you think there's going to be more due diligence moving forward how do you how do you kind of see this shaking out a little bit um i just yeah (laughs) that one's been slipping i um i just hope there's more due diligence i think that's that's the issue here because there are you know to shed some positive light there there are blockchains and companies building on blockchain that are that are crushing it in the sports realm binance you know and and um launch nfts with ronaldo this past week i believe is, is when they came out or came out with the announcement um or it might have been yeah ronaldo or messi yeah. um yeah. but it's it's they've been they've been absolutely crushing it from a sports perspective but i want to switch to another perspective because i think it'll bring it back to sports and that a lot of this needs to be proven in other industries it has been proven in sports that it is hype, that you can launch an NFT project, you can have collectibles. It's all the gamification of it, right? It's the first that we've seen of this technology, 
And what we have seen is not really that advanced technology. Like I said, it'll be a ticketer. It'll be, you know, all, all these, you know, I, I'll give an example. Polygon, um, you know, during the, the bull run of last year in NFTs and, you know, that there was a lot going on and, and, and I didn't see a lot of news out there on Polygon and ran into a dude last fall um, that was working there that was like, yeah, we're focused on more enterprise level solutions with those smart contracts and whatnot. And they came out a co- you know a month or two ago with a loyalty rewards program they're building with Starbucks, right? And then you see them, they're the one that partnered with um, Meta, or I guess not partner, but but they powered Meta and Instagram's first NFT drop, right? So it, it, it's, I think what it's going to take in the sports realm, it, there's going to be a lot of people in some of those entrepreneurial-minded athletes who look at this and say, hey, I want to learn from this, and I see that the tech is valuable, and I want to dive in and maybe hop in with you know, one of these earlier stages that's actually creating products of value you know, I think I see that as, you know, one opportunity or two, just as this is be, being proven in other industries, accounting software, right, that, that, that automatically uh, handles. Pay, I don't want to get too much into certain stuff, um, but <laughs> I, I, I hate you know, accounting, certain so stuff I, I can't I talk about. That. But but oh. there, there, there's there's certain there's certain things that. You know, once these products are proven, and once you're wor- they're working with these trusted entities, or once there is government regulation, um, but in the short term, to be honest, it, it, it's absolutely devastating. I don't think there's any other way to put it in in the short term. There's not some news that could come out and completely, you know, flip this. It, it's just a large foundation of what we thought was built and trusted has been, you know, chopped down. And not to say it can't be built, but it was a few steps backwards for the industry. And I think on the sports side, a lot of these media rights and all, it was overhyped. It was playing on the culture side. It was getting it and trying to get it in front of those type people, the sports lovers, maybe the sports gamblers that like this type of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's... To say I, I I know the solution I, I don't it, it it's it's painful because it is going to affect literally every player uh, that that is building on blockchain. Yeah, and I think that's you, you know you brought it up earlier. That's the disappointing part, right? We had Daniel Pardo on who actually introduced us together. What he's doing in the NFT space with college athletes and and you know professional athletes on lower levels is is awesome. Like it is so cool what he's doing, and he's probably unfortunately going to get the shit end of the stick because some guy in the Bahamas, you know, was extremely greedy and kind of screwed over $32 billion worth of people, right? Like, and it, it really sucks when you put it like that, because yeah, as you said, there's some cool people doing some really cool things in, in the blockchain slash sports space that unfortunately are just, they're not, they're, it's going to be, not that they're not going to be trusted. It's just, it's going to be, you know, there's, it's going to be more hesitancy, right? That money's not going to flow as easy. It doesn't help that the economy's not awesome anymore, right? There's a lot of different things, and it's just, again, piling up, piling up for people like him. Shout out Daniel, TPC Labs, doing some really cool shit down there. Um, but definitely uh, check out that episode, too, if you haven't listened to that one. And make sure, of course, check out Evan's other episode. Um, let's talk about that NFT space a little bit. And the NCAA and kind of some of the stuff we've been seeing going on in NIL, I want to make sure we're bringing this to a head in a positive light because I do think this is good. Uh, to kind of see where some of these players were because, again, 
let's realize this is a decentralized, the whole thing is about being decentralized. We're now seeing the reason that things go wrong is when things get centralized, ironically enough. So let's make sure that we keep them decentralized. As you said, we're going to learn from this. A lot of people are going to get educated. People are going to understand more about the blockchain. It's not just FTX and Binance and Coinbase, right? That's kind of what it is to me. I look at my Coinbase app. How many dollars do I have? Well, it turns out not my keys, not my coin, right? Is that how it works? So how, do I really have anything? I don't know. I literally have no idea. So it's, it's kind of interesting from that perspective. So I appreciate you bringing that up. But let's talk about NFTs and NIL a little bit more. Let's get a little bit deeper on that aspect of it. Because again, this is going to be negative short term. How do you see this being, make, ter- make this a positive long term, oh, if you don't mind. Yeah. So it, the whole NIL um, ethos is the same as decentralization. Why? It's saying you as an individual athlete have value you instead of how the system has been these schools that you go suit up for um you know you you earn a scholarship but it's essentially you know i'm usually careful i say it but essentially it's indentured servitude to get a degree or it was when i when yeah it has been in the past and you know we did get stipend payments and this and that but it was you know you're there to play football and if you don't play football, they're going to take you off your scholarship. So it's a student athlete, but at that time it really was, hey, you're you know you're an, you're an athlete here. Here's the scholarship for you, and you know, power through and 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 give us your work. Well, now you know because of the culmination of all that, all these universities and the NCAA itself became powerful. Why? Because people love entertainment. People love to go out and watch their sports teams in games and. What was the true value that was brought there? It was, you know, a lot of it was the players. A lot of the money that was made was from people who know who knew how to centralize that and become the top of the funnel. Um, but the whole ethos of NIL is saying you as an individual athlete, you know, you don't have to sign your rights over, which is the same as signing your coins or your, your keys over to a centralized entity, right? You as an athlete can now use yourself you're becoming your own you know business so how i see it is i'll use recruiting as as an example you know when initially you have to create it, it was cd tapes for film and then it became oh you can send you know an mp3 uh over over email and then it was oh you can hop in or not mp3 but a video file then you can um now you have this what happened a centralized site to store those videos huddle or others like it right or you have these recruiting agencies where they set up camps to find people and funnel them up so centralization is necessary right um but it's just that ethos of you as an athlete in nil you know it is a de- decentralized, and if you're saying each of you has value, you yourself kind of you know serve as a node. Or what has happened too is a lot of these uh, schools, because the school the money is now not siphoning you know through the school. It's if you want to get these NIL deals, it's out on the side. You can't get it through the school. So they set up these NIL collectives. Well, those collectives you can kind of think of them as nodes. It's just a decentralized, massive decentralized network around these campuses now well now if you think of you know how that operates you as the person have power so so what's the best way 
in my eyes, for you as an athlete to grasp your true value. Well, treat yourself like a business. Not put your likeness in other people's hands. Well, you know, I'll just use an example on the NFT side. You can release, say you're, say you're a college athlete or an NIL athlete, you could release, you know, a small collection of NFTs that provide access to you, that provide an experience with you that, you know, you could do a meet and greet. You could, you know, I have a couple of friends from Georgia that love hunting. You could go hunting with, you know, your favorite player, right? So it, it's because of, um, I would just say it's a great way for athletes to directly get in contact with their fans without having to do sales through, mm-hmm. you know, a Facebook or, I mean, it, it involves those. It, it's, it's a longer debate there, but it's, I guess the idea I wanted to bring forth was NIL happened because these centralized companies became, or these mm-hmm. organizations became in these schools became so powerful and had so much money they were making off the kids. Well, okay. They can finally make the money themselves, and I, I rambled there a bit, but <laughs> you did. But I think it, it made sense, and it, it's really interesting, right? What you, that that last statement that you made is super interesting. It was so centralized that it actually kind of collapsed in on itself and had to become decentralized. Now, obviously, there's a lot of external pressures. There was a lot of stuff going on. There's enough of you out there to be able to say, like, yeah, it's essentially indentured servitude. Like, maybe we should, you know, let me use my name. Is that that yeah. ridiculous of a thing? If I sign an autograph, I'm not going to lose my scholarship because it's my name. Like, I always just thought that that was absolute bullshit. And it, uh, it sounds like people agree with me on that one. So I'm grateful to be on the right side of history there. But I think it's it, it's a really interesting parallel analogy comparison that you make between, like, you know, NIL and the now the decentralization of it. And, you know, let's take it a step further you know, getting in on the NFT aspect of it again, shout out Daniel and what he's doing, but there's so many other cool companies doing some awesome stuff with athletes in the NFT space. And and I think it's, you know, the, this is just a blip, hopefully, right? Like hopefully this is just a blip. And in a year, you know, it's a lot of people are going to be affected. A lot of people have been affected. I know people that have personally been affected by this for dollars, right? Enough dollars that you're like, damn, that, that really sucks. Um, so it's really important for people to understand, like, this is affecting real people. While we all love watching the crane, the train crash and, and, you know, seeing all this crazy shit that's coming out, and I can only imagine more stuff is going to continue to come out as time goes on because that's what happened. People start talking, and that's, when, that's, really when the, that's really when the shit hits the fan. But real people got affected by this, but hopefully we can get over it. It's just a blip on the radar, and crypto and the blockchain and all these things can continue to advance because I really do think – there's a lot of great things that can come from this helping again, just on the sports side of things, you know, as you've said, like, I think you brought up like pretty soon you're going to be able to ha- sell a house and just be able to send something, you know, send, send the yeah. NFT that's attached to your house. And there you go. You have yeah. my house now. It's, and that's I saw, it. like, sorry so many cool things. but I saw, I saw a video yesterday of, you know, unlocking a car, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of developments in Southeast Asia and other countries or smaller companies that just, the visibility of getting their product out or, you know, is, is it worth doing that? Or it's really just going to take some of these traditional industry heads Mm -hmm. or people have maybe gotten bored doing what they're doing there to say, Hey, I want to take a chance here. And could, you know, it's, it's, it's cool what you, I'll, I'll, I'll add one more thing on the sports side. It's cool what you can do with NFTs 
it could be used as your ticket to get into the event. You can then check in with the same NFT for discounts. You can then, you know, ch- put places in the stadium, right, to check in um, and and build points or loyalty rewards or get a free hot dog if you check in here, right? It, it, it's a there's there's a cool new way to gamify um, to gamify these experiences, and that's largely like I haven't talked too much about uh, what we do at People Strategy, but that's largely what we're focused on in the long term is those kind of uh, hospitality and experience solutions, um, which is why I'm luckily not a, not a lot of the stuff we're doing has been affected by all this stuff, but it's also why you know looking at this and you know some of the founders I work with it uh it sucks because they have very cool products they have very valuable products that it could enhance experiences that could you know really mm-hmm. change 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 a lot of I'm not going to say the world but I, I I think a lot of this technology can enhance experiences and get people back together and like get get rid of this negativity and plague we've felt for a couple of years now it's uh it's it's been interesting to say the least and i apologize i mean we've we talked about people's strategies on the last episode so i apologize yeah, if we didn't yeah. get too too oh, much no into worries. it so i'll drop the link for that one as well so make sure to go check that out because evan gets into a lot of that stuff we talked about his entire history and his uh ncaa football career we get into a lot of stuff there this one was a particular episode that we wanted to go over and really just talk and as you said you didn't get affected directly from it but We've already talked enough. You've got very clearly affected indirectly from it, and that's the unfortunate part. And hopefully, again, we can get over it, yeah. and you guys can continue to be successful. But man, this was great. Um, just kind of a just a general conversation of some of the shit that's going on through the lens of sports. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I think we hit on a lot of stuff. What went hap- what happened? What went wrong? Why? You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, the world isn't burning. There's still a lot of good things happening out there. There's still a lot of good people out there. This is a this is hopefully a one off, two off, small event. Um, in the grand scheme of things so that's kind of that's kind of what we're going to go with at least that's where i'm going to end it evan where can we uh where can we follow you actually do you have any other points you want to make before we uh before we end it that's that's on me man this is your show why would i do i that? mean i'll just make the point i don't know if i said it but not your keys not your coin yes you did um, say that you did say it. say um, it again though i yeah, really like it's, it's, it's funny a, i like it not your keys not your coin um it's it's a you know just focus on it's a it's a people issue it's not a blockchain issue and blockchain was created to cut out that that third party that counterparty risk right so it's it's focus on the tech of it and you know if you're if you're a a a layman or not super deep into this world you probably won't hear a lot about crypto for the next you know a couple months or a a while other than the fallout of this yeah i was gonna say you're gonna hear a lot about you know i just uh It'll be fun when the cool products do come around, and I'm very much looking forward to that. And you know, want to give a shout out to the actual builders out there who have been, you know, not rug pulling people with projects that have been building products of value and not just forming large partnerships or over leveraging and all this BS. It's you know those people that have actually created some of these products. I just feel for them and want to you know encourage them because. This, I see it as a massive opportunity to show what this technology actually can do. Um, and and a lot of people aren't going to see it until that's happening, uh, which is what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, you keep doing your shit. We appreciate you coming on. If anything else ever happens again, again, 
Uh, I'll, I'll reach out. Don't worry. Uh, I'll probably have you on just a just a kind of as a, a year in year review, maybe in a few months, just to see some of the For cool sure. stuff that you've been working on and some of the stuff in the space. Uh, but where can everyone follow you? Where can they learn a little bit more about your company and the shit that you guys are doing? Yeah, so in in the decentralized world, I go by non fungible Evan. So on Instagram, non fungible Evan. Um, on Twitter, I think I'm at e sheriffs. Uh, find me on LinkedIn, Evan Sheriffs. Uh, I before E, two R's, two F's. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, and 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 you know, I'm sure they'll share some of the the company info. But it's you 100%. know, we're we're happy to talk to to anyone about you know actual actual solutions in in the enterprise corporate level, um, really, and and that that's the side we're focusing on and very very excited about and just uh a lot of that technology is it's you know it's it's not here it's not ready yet or it is coming and it's i don't know it's it's been a terrible couple weeks for the industry as a whole but it's it's in terms of the people that actually uh are building the people that actually you know it's kind of encouraging because um you know, we see how much far we further we still have to go, mm-hmm. and and we realize that no one's that much further ahead of anyone else. Exactly. Yep. Everyone's still on a pretty level playing field. It turns out uh, everyone that got ahead is just probably a little fraudulent. Not everybody, of course, but uh, we we've seen that. But no, man. Sincerely appreciate again, Evan Sheriff's imagine, managing director of People Strategies, former University of Miami quarterback. Uh, appreciate your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you very much for giving me some of yours. Thank the people for giving us some of their time, of course. Just learning a little bit about what's going on, especially through that lens of sports. That was the goal, and I think we did a good job. A little, little under an hour, so I appreciate that. But other than that, Perfect. thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Bye, everybody. I appreciate you. Thank you, guys.